Hallelujah. Today for the meditation of the scriptures, let us open the Bibles and turn to Psalm 69. Psalm 69 is a psalm of David and it is a psalm which is highly messianic in nature and it is also a cursing psalm where David seems to be writing with vengeance towards the enemies that have wronged him. And we see that after Psalm 22 and Psalm 110, Psalm 69 is the psalm that is quoted most frequently in the New Testament as well. Clearly it is a psalm of David, however it does not mention at what point of David's life did he actually write this psalm. But we do understand that typically of David's psalms, his life and his circumstances seem to be intermingled with certain messianic prophecies as well as he writes this psalm. There are portions of the psalm that are clearly applicable only to David and there are portions of the psalm which are clearly applicable only to the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to whom the prophecy points. This is a long psalm and it can be divided into three sections from verses 1 to 18 talks about David's cry for deliverance. His cry is save me O God. He wants to be delivered from the troubles. He wants to be delivered from the enemies. And now verses 19 till 29 talks about David's desire for vindication. His cry to the Lord is judge my enemies O God. And verses 30 to 36 is the praise that finally comes as is customary to most of the Psalms where we talk about deliverance and vindication because after the Lord delivers or promises to deliver the Psalmist, after the Lord promises vindication, finally the Psalmist breaks forth into a high and exalted praise. Let us also prayerfully meditate upon the various sections of the Psalm. David starts off the first section of the psalm by asking God a simple plea. Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. Here, the first five verses picture David as a person who is sinking deeply. There is uh, turbulence, there is danger, there is everything that is happening that is typically uh, pointed out. Metaphorically, it is pointed out here. It's not like he was literally passing through the waters, but the troubles had raised, uh, raised themselves against him almost as though they were about to sink him or about to drown him. And his cries to God show how desperate the situation was. Overall, if you see this psalm, there are numerous verses where David actually cries out to God. In verse 1, he says, save me, O God. Verse 14, he says, deliver me. In verse 16 to 17, he says, hear me and answer me. Verse 18, he says, redeem me or rescue me. Verse 29, he says, set me upon high. In other words, protect me. And we see that he prayed to the Lord, but the Lord had not yet answered. In verse 3, he says, I am weary with my crying out. My eyes are growing dim because I am waiting for my God. There are times, dearly beloved, when the Lord seems to be delayed in his answering the various prayers that we present before him. But it is always under the control of God. It is always the Lord who has got everything in his sovereign will and purpose and control. And we need to rest assured with that knowledge. We do realize that David was not a sinless person. Verse 5 says, God, you know my folly. The wrongs that I have done are not hidden from you. And we see that while he was not sinless, he was innocent of the charges that his enemies were making and he was being treated by them as though he was guilty. In some ways, this reminds us of our Lord and Savior Jesus who was sinless. He was perfect, yet he was treated as a transgressor. He was treated as a criminal and we realize that some of these experiences may be our portion also. As we go through our lives, 
we may experience certain trials and troubles in our lives where we are wrongfully accused but dearly beloved always take comfort from the fact that our god was also accused like that and yet he was as a sheep that was led to the slaughter he did not raise his voice he did not defend himself he allowed the god to defend him and to vindicate him and similarly is the attitude that david is also exhibiting in this particular portion of the psalm when we come to the verses 6 to 12 of this psalm now david brings forth his next reason for praying for salvation and deliverance because he says here it is because that he stood for the lord that he has gone through these kind of persecutions now he says let not those who hope in you be put to shame through me o lord of hosts let not those who seek you be brought to dishonor through me o god of israel for it is for your sake that i have borne reproach and that dishonor has covered my face these talk about two things here number one david has borne reproach from his enemies because he has stood for the lord and number two there are the followers of david or the people who are bearing the reproach for david's sake and this we understand is a prayer that david is making so that they will not be consumed by the power of the enemy there are people who have lied about david they have blasphemed the name of the lord and david does not want the godly people to suffer shame because of him and we see here the word reproach or scorn or insult is used six times in the psalm he was scorned because he had stood up for the lord because he was zealous for the house of the lord he even alienated his own family and the insults that the people threw at the lord also fell upon him this is where we understand that david was not an ordinary person but he was a man of god solidly standing for the lord he stood for the purpose of god and the will of god in the nation of israel and the people who were opposing david in this season of his life were opposing god himself because it was through david that god chose to bring forth his plan for the nation of israel therefore it was easy for god to perceive the threats and attacks against david as threats and attacks against god himself and verse 9 says for your zeal for your house has consumed me and the reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen upon me we see here a clear messianic prophecy and the lord himself speaks forth uh, in the similar context in the temple incidents and uh, the people who were surrounding him remember this particular verse and connect it prophetically we need to discover jesus in this psalm and we need to see the messianic overtones in this psalm and we need to recognize the way Jesus was treated while he was ministering here on this earth was very similar to some of these descriptions as well. Now we come to verse 13 to 18 of the psalm and there we understand the need for deliverance that is based on the nature and character of God. Here he says verse 13 he says as for me my prayer is to you O God at an acceptable time O God in the abundance of your steadfast love answer me in your saving faithfulness. the words that are used in verses 13 to 18 uh, kind of connect us to exodus chapter 34 verses 5 to 9 where the nature of god is revealed by god himself the attributes and the characteristics of god are revealed by god himself and we see that david is making a prayer to god on the basis of the revealed characters of god and that is a biblical thing to do sometimes when we pray to god it is good to remind ourselves and to remind him who he is his about his covenant faithfulness about his love about his mercy about his grace about his faithfulness all these things god does not need to be remember, reminded about these things he knows 
they are part of his immutable unchanging character but as we pray remembering these characters of god or natures of god faith builds up in our own hearts and we start resting assured about what god is going to do on our behalf he sees hope in god's loving kindness and compassion for the lord is merciful and gracious his truth will endure forever and he will always keep his promises and that is why david comes to a point in verse 16 where he says answer me o lord god for your steadfast love is good your abundant mercy is what causes you to turn towards me do not hide your face from your servant for i am in distress make haste to answer me draw near to my soul and redeem me ransom me because of my enemies and david comes forth with a direct desire before the lord and he says rescue me and save me o god till now i don't think there is any person who has made this kind of a desirous confession before the lord and been ignored by god whenever we come to god when we trust him when we implore before his presence when we ask him biblically the lord shall surely answer and respond to our prayers now having prayed to god for deliverance or salvation his the, the prayer in the initial section of the psalm is all about save me o god the next section of the psalm and it's a long psalm verses 19 to 29 talk about vindication now this is an unpleasant part of the psalm because in this portion of the psalm there is a great number of imprecations or curses that david is heaping upon his enemies now david wants god to judge his enemies the first part is deliverance he wants to be rescued from the power of his enemies now he comes to the portion of his prayer where he wants god to take out his enemies and display his anger and justice on his enemies now at this point of time david is feeling that his enemies have dishonored and insulted him to the point that he was actually physically ill where the verse 20 says verse 19 says you know my reproach my shame my dishonor my foes are all known to you reproaches have broken my heart so that i am in despair i looked around for pity but there was none i looked for comforters but i found none sometimes being on the side of the lord or being for god is a very lonely task and sometimes we may have to bear that reproach alone here he says he bore the shame the reproach and dishonor but the comfort that david drew from verse 19 was his foes were all known before god now we ourselves do not know who are our true enemies and who are our true friends but god knows and that needs to be a great comfort for each one of us and he is well able to protect he is well able to deliver and he is able to vindicate us and verse 20 he says reproaches have broken my heart to the point of it affecting his body these accusations and these evil uh, plans of the enemy had got into his body it had started affecting his body and david cries out to the lord for his mercy verse 21 says they gave me poison for food and for my thirst they gave me sour wine to drink now these have got two interpretations number one it is literally uh, possibly literally interpreted for david himself where his own tables were turned into a poisonous food by his enemies in order to bring him down they may have poisoned him they may have laid a trap for david on his table itself secondly we understand that this was the experience of the lord jesus where for his thirst he was given sour wine to drink david in some ways 
through the trials and troubles that he experienced he was partaking of the sufferings of the messiah what the lord would experience at a later point of time to a much greater extent what he would experience in the new testament time david had a foretaste of that suffering he became a partaker of the lord's suffering in verses 22 to 28 we see that david is turning to god in another section of prayer where he wants judgment and destruction to fall upon his enemies firstly he starts by praying that their very tables would turn into traps they had tried to trap david using his table now he prays that let their own table before them become a snare when they are at peace let it become a trap meaning let judgment catch them unprepared in their careless hours of feasting when they are least thinking about the judgment of god god to fall, fall upon them let that wrath and anger of god fall on them we see that it is a very severe imprecation or a very severe curse that david is praying for his enemies some of the interpreters say that david is praying that immediately after the religious feasts or sacrifices that they are making before the god of israel let the wrath and anger of god come upon them because they were truly out of the will of god they were religiously complacent and they were spiritually blind in having turned against the lord and turned against david and uh, david asked the lord to consume them immediately after they have had that kind of an experience either ways we understand david wants them to be removed from the face of this earth he wants them removed from his life now david goes on and prays let their eyes be darkened that they cannot see let their loins tremble continuously pour out your indignation upon them let your burning anger overtake them david is praying that some of the basic blessings of life be taken away from his enemies eating seeing walking having descendants so that finally the life itself would be snatched away from them verses 27 to 28 says may you add punishment upon punishment to them may they have no acquittal from you let them be blotted out of the book of the living let them not be enrolled among the righteous why because for they persecuted him whom you have struck down we need to understand dearly beloved that many of these portions of the psalm refer to the enemies of god and this is the reality if you persist on becoming an enemy of the lord and in spite of the various wooings of the holy spirit to turn back from the sin and turn to the lord and experience his salvation finally we understand that that person would not experience the living in the presence of the lord they would not live eternally in the presence of god but they would be cast off from the presence of god forever and they shall experience that distance from god or that uh, uh, the fearful thing that we normally call as hell and this is what is mentioned here but we need to also understand that david writes these or uh, says these verses out of the pressure of his life now he has experienced very severe troubles and trials from these people and because of his soulish anger he is now breaking forth in this kind of an imprecation or a curse towards them however for a person who is in the new testament times this can this kind of a prayer can never be an example for the god's people today we understand that we are called to pray for those who are our enemies love our enemies and pray for them who persecute you and as a result it this kind of this model of a prayer can never become our prayer 
but we do understand that david's hatred of their sins and his desire to protect israel and desire to stand for the lord is actually what is shown through this cursing as well however it is also a very terrible thing to fall into the hands of a living god and because of that every person who sets themselves against god needs to fear and needs to have that reverential fear and consciousness that god is also an angry god and at one point of time when we have resisted him too much at that point of time there is no turning back in the book of acts we see that some of these verses are also cross referred as applicable to uh, judas in acts chapter 1 verse 20 peter applies verse 25 here to the state of judas as well and that is emblematic also of the enemies of god the people who reject god and the people who have turned against god at the end of the section of the psalm david cries out to god and says but i am afflicted and in pain let your salvation o god set me on high that setting on high is a picture of protection it's a picture of being surrounded by the mercy of god elevated and away from the presence of the enemies it talks about a mountain top experience where you are enjoying god's presence and you are separated from all the troubles that the enemies are bringing forth and that leads us into the next section of the psalm verses 30 to 36 where david breaks forth into a beautiful praise and this praise is something that we need to adopt in our life as well having prayed for deliverance and having prayed for vindication finally we come to a point where we say we come to god and praise him for who he is and what he has done here the psalmist says i will praise the name of the lord with a song will magnify him with thanksgiving this will please the lord more than an ox or a bull with horns and hoofs the person the psalmist here david has got a revelation of the heart of god that he is not looking for literal physical sacrifices that we can bring before him and burn before him but rather the sacrifices of god are a broken and a contrite heart when we worship him in spirit and in truth that is a sacrifice that is pleasing to him when we bring forth thanksgiving before him that is a sacrifice that is presented well before him when we ourselves become a living sacrifice before the lord as it says in romans chapter 12 verse 1 to 2 that is the sacrifice that the lord is looking for today from each one of us dearly beloved here the psalmist chooses that he will worship god and he will he when he worships god when he sees the salvation and vindication that he has received from the lord verse 32 says when the humble see it they will be glad you who seek god let your hearts revive when we see the acts of god moving in our lives and in the lives of our neighbors in the lives of our church members and the people who are dear to us what happens is the hearts of those who are faint will become revived and let that happen as well in these days we need the work of god in our lives these are depressing times these are troublesome times and yet through the midst of it in the midst of it the mercy of god the grace of god shines forth in small things and in big things when we enjoy the grace and mercy of our god we ourselves will once again be revived and we will start praising god once again finally in verse 34 to 36 he says let heaven and earth praise him the seas and everything that moves in them for god will save zion and build up the cities of judah and people shall dwell there and possess it and the offspring of his servants shall inherit it and those who love his name shall dwell in it this talks about either a prophecy that is related to the rebuilding of judah after it has been destroyed and it is an amazing prophecy if david wrote this particular verse 
even before the exile was happening even before the captivity had happened then it is through the eyes of the prophet that he sees that one day judah shall be rebuilt and he gives this promise and he says when god saves zion and builds the city of judah the people shall dwell there and possess it and the offspring of his servants shall inherit it and those who love his name shall dwell therein this is the biblical state of a set of people who have trusted the lord as god we shall come to a state where the lord delivers us we shall come to a state where he vindicates us and we shall come to a state where we shall offer our humble praises and our worship to him in truth and in spirit may the lord bless us through the meditation of these scriptures